0: Welcome to the Families of Character show. I'm your host, Jordan Langdon, and as a wife, mom, and licensed clinical social worker, you get practical parenting stories, research-based parenting solutions, and most of all, support. Lean in and let yourself be inspired and reminded of the gifts you have as a parent. Let's jump right in. Welcome back, parents, and thanks again for another five-star podcast review from listener Stephanie. She said, I'm a newer parent to a one-year-old, and this podcast is already setting me up for so much success. I feel like I'm putting a bunch of new tools in my toolbox. Jordan is an excellent host with a wealth of knowledge being a parent and psychologist. Well, thank you, Stephanie. I'm so glad our show is helping you, and Just as a minor clarification, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, not a psychologist, but that's super easy to confuse. So folks, we just thank you so much for your generous reviews and for sharing our show with your friends and family, because this is how we get this movement going to reclaim our children, foster that sense of belonging at home, and unify our families. So I was wondering... If one of your biggest fears as a parent is not only that you might be losing your kids to screens, like we talked about in episode 17, but maybe you're also afraid your adult children will still be living with you at age 25. Imagine them occupying your basement, sleeping until noon, and then gaming the day away. That's terrifying. The failure to launch child. I am so grateful today to have Steve Markle, the founder of Families of Character, on our show again today. And he is most definitely not a failure to launch child, quite the opposite, actually. So, Steve, jump right in and tell us a little bit about your upbringing and how you got started in life as a young man.
1: Oh, thanks, Jordan. Uh, first of all, I have to uh, comment about the failure to launch movie that just bought back to that movie, uh, Matthew McConaughey, you know, and I could only watch about 15 minutes of that because, you know, the, I, I'm assuming in the movie he's about 20, 25 or somewhere around the age you just mentioned, you know, and here he's at home and, you know, his parents are tell, still telling him what to do and how to act. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I I had to shut it off after 15 minutes. I just couldn't take any more. I was literally so frustrated. Oh, my yeah. blood pressure was going up. I thought, Oh gosh, I'm not going to watch the rest of this movie. It drive me nuts. <clears throat> but I think unfortunately that's our culture today. So let me tell you why that is not me. Uh, my father had two businesses when I was a young man and my father was uh, a terrific father teaching, you know, a, a young man how to grow up. He actually, uh, had me go to work for him when i was about 12 to 13 years of age so i started working i think they're child labor laws now but i'm just joking but anyways it was really a good uh situation because at 12 or 13 you know he started me literally cleaning up the restrooms and doing the stuff nobody else wanted to do but then he worked me all the way up uh through learning the accounting systems and learning um being in some of the employee meetings you know uh, one was a aviation business the other was a manufacturing business I mean, at one point, I remember about 13 or 14 years of age, I was going to the consumer electronics shows in Las Vegas in January. Uh, every year, they had this big show for consumer electronics. And my dad made me dress in a certain way And at 14. And I remember he and uh, left my brother, who's two years older than I am, at that booth and walked away. And he said, you, boys, you need to run this. If somebody comes in the booth, take orders. And of course, we knew how to do that. But And he prepared us. But. I'm 14 in in Las Vegas, you know, running a booth at 14 years of age for my dad's business. And by the way, I really look young. I look like I'm about 10. So, but he had trained us and, you know, we had the maturity and he felt comfortable enough that he could leave, leave us and, you know, to let us explain the business. If somebody walked into our booth and I could explain what we were doing and how this could help what they were looking for, if that's what they were looking for. So anyways... You know, I was I, I was exactly opposite of that failure to launch. My dad literally expected me to be a young adult or young man when I was 14, 15, 16 years of age. But uh, I was 16. I had my own car. I bought my own car. He didn't pay for anything for me or nor my brother or my sisters. I mean, we were expected if we wanted something, we had to go out and get it. There was this no failure to launch concept. If you wanted it, you go earn it. But he also gave us the training to do that, too. He just didn't throw us out in the world and expect us to do something we are capable of doing. You know, then, of course, I ended up working for a company, one of the biggest, largest money managers in the the country. Uh, And by the way, I never went to college. I thought it was really interesting. I know, you know, people that are peers of mine are always surprised to see that I never went to college. And I'm not saying anything bad about colleges, by the way uh i thought i got a doctorate in practical education on how to run a business i mean again my dad took me through every aspect of business there was and so i knew completely how to run a business these two small businesses before i was even in college or was the age for college so i could have really practically taken over a business and run that for a period of time with my dad now like anything you would learn through experience two things but ultimately i went to work uh for an uh Um, one of the largest money management organizations in the United States and became an executive with that company. And then ultimately, I mean, I was, my dad taught, one of the greatest things he ever taught me was hard work, not only knowing about business, but he also taught me the ethics of hard work. And, uh, and I, so I put in a full day's labor for a full day's pay. I joke with people, you know, and I worked hard. I, you know, again, I got married at a young age, had five kids and now I have 17 grandkids, but you know, I had to support my family. That was my objective. Um, so I had my own dog when I was 12. The point being is that there was no failure to launch. You know, I was, my dad taught me how to be a mature adult when I was 12, 14 years old. old. And wow. um, it was the best thing I could have ever had as a, as a child was that, it? you know, that, that practical application of learning this from my parents, my parents are developing me to be a young man, in, in, interdependent with the family, eventually interdependent. And it happened Again, I got married when I was 20 and had five kids. We had a very successful career to the point I could retire at 50 years of age, which I did, by the way. I retired at 50. Started my second career with families of character, trying to help all their parents. So that wow. kind of gives a brief explanation. But
0: I love the story because I hear so many different themes throughout. One, I hear that you had a father who came alongside you and mentored you as a young boy, really. And then also through the mentoring, expected you to take over. So not only did he kind of show you the ropes, but then he gave you the reins and said, drive the horse, right? Like, get us to town, son. This is all you. In Vegas at a busy, you know, electronic consumer conference. I can imagine that was huge and intimidating as as a young man, but you did it because you had to.
1: Well, and if I think about that from the father's perspective, I mean, if I turn that around, being a father myself now, I mean, how hard that is to do to kind of turn the reins over to your child slowly. You know, you just don't hand your kid, this 16-year-old child, a car and say, good luck. You know, I mean, th- there was a reason they have a learner's permit for up to a year, depending on what state I think you live in, but, you know, to train and develop you to to, to learn how to, you know, handle a, a weapon, right? A, a six thousand pound or a you know heavy machine like that, you could hurt somebody. And so I, I love my dad because he taught us first, right? He he explained in life, you said mentored us through that and then but then gave us the keys and gave us the rein and and he watched us make mistakes, by the way. It was not an easy thing for my dad. I'm sure it was yeah. extremely difficult. Uh, we made mistakes. I mean, and it cost some of them cost money for the business. And uh, boy, you didn't do that twice because you knew that could really cost the business. You know, ultimately the success of the business long term. But he, you had to, you had to turn, you have to turn over that to your child and let them fail too. And that's what he was really good at. I, I always joke, you know. Um, I'm the one who, I I, the, I always love word picture. So let me give you one. I, I put myself on a horse. My hands are tied behind my back. I put a noose over my neck, which is hanging over the tree and I kicked the horse. And my dad would always cut the rope just before I got hurt, you know, and say, what did you learn? And I, I love, because that's about how, I mean, he literally let us do it first and then, you know, figure out how, what mistake we made. And then, but he always made us suffer the consequence too. He didn't save us for the consequences.
0: If we yes. made a bad
1: decision, we paid for it. Oh, <laughs> you yes. Thought, you thought twice about doing something stupid when I was growing up, you know.
0: Right. So, because there you, were those consequences that were coming right after, right? You were gonna experience whatever he might experience if he would have made that same mistake.
1: Yes. And, and and when you're young, you're 13, 14, 16 years of age, it was a financial it, it was a financial cost. You you experienced that financial cost. So yes. you were very cautious about making an imprudent decision, wow,, you know? but he again he he mentored us he he trained us well and then expected us to do it,
0: yes, well, I just think about you know being a parent of young kids and how you might be scratching your head thinking like, "Oh goodness, like how do I do this at what age you know, um twenty years later, you know, Steve's talking about when he was you know, a child, but let's fast forward 20, 30, 40 years later. And, and how do we do that as parents today? And I think, you know, that's kind of one of the problems that we've run into having failure to launch children is that there isn't that same mindset in the home setting, it seems that um, you don't on a typical basis or in, a, in an average home, see toddlers underfoot kind of with their their moms or or their families, you know, emptying the dishwasher with them or or helping them cook meals. And I think, you know, it also goes to these employers when they're when both parents are working and they work for companies who don't value the family too much, or they say they do, but they're really not giving parents the time that they need at home in the evenings or on weekends with their kids to help mentor them along then kids are missing out on this opportunity to pitch in and help out and, and learn what it means to truly be part of a family. And so speak to that a little bit about, you know, kids being young and kind of, you know, needing us so much before they get to that phase of of being more independent.
1: Yeah, I mean, would you, you bring up a very deep subject, right? And so let me let me talk about this from what I call uh, the the challenge I think parents face today is what I call this consumption. You know <clears throat> that uh, kids are become consumers, and and if you think about it, it, it happens very naturally, right? Uh, if you have a child, that child, you know, looks to you for their education, their ent- entertainment. We are feeding every appetite and passion and desire for our kids, right? That's, that's what we have to do as parents. They're not capable of doing it themselves, so that's why they have parents. Is, we have to feed, educate, entertain, and clothe them. And so if you think about it, it's what I, I call, you know, kids become consumers. They consume, mm-hmm. right? Or or yes. other parents would call it takers. They, they become takers, right? And you, you think about this. Think about a child, right? A baby that learns to crawl. A baby that's on the floor learning to crawl, and they see a shiny object, right? A big colorful object. Or maybe it makes noise. What do they do? Go Man, for it. Just, they beeline for that, right? And they grab yes. it, and it's, I want that. So if it's shiny and bright and makes noises, man, they're they tear after right? Well, you mm-hmm. take a young child, you know, maybe a four or six year old to the grocery store, and, and what are the first thing they want? They want to go to the candy or cookie section. Right. <laughs> right. They're grabbing everything, pulling it off the shelves. I mean, if you think about it, it's a very nature of a kid to really consume and to take, right? And I, I I think it's interesting, you know, as parents, you know, we, we're constantly telling our kids, which is right. No, 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 right? From the time they can understand anything is, no, you can't have that because we know it's better for them. And they're always kind of taking, again, their nature. Sometimes I, I think the second word a, a child learns aside from mom or dad is, you know, no. They tell totally. you no.
0: Back.
1: Yes. As a parent, they tell you no. Yes. Anyway, it's kind of funny to hear that because you're thinking, oh my gosh, where are they getting that from? Kids are sponges, Right. Yeah. But that's kind of this problem. That, so identifying the, the, what what is this consumption mentality, this take mentality, is we're feeding, educating, entertaining our kids, which is natural. But this can go to an excess when we give them everything they want. And this is where really the problem kicks in, uh, is when we start giving them everything they want. And um, I was just uh, was thinking about a story, you know, when we were starting Family the Character, we were – working with several couples, and a a mom of four children walks in for one of the meetings we were at, and she just breaks into tears. And I said, oh, gosh, what's going on? And she says, oh, I've told my son 100 times no today for the same thing. And you think he gets it? (laughs) And she was just in tears. She said, does it get any easier? And I said, I hate to say this, but... (laughs) No, this is kind of a a war and you got to win, you know, the most important thing is you win the war. Every day is a battle, right? you got to get your mind and we got to get ready for that because kids are going to be natural. They want what they want and they see it and they want it, right? Right. Uh, I was watching one uh, child in the grocery store once and she's just saying how much she wanted it and just relentlessly, you know, to her mom. And finally the mom gives in, right? I think every kid should be in sales. Because they're relentless until they get what they want. Oh, yes. You know? And so, this is what they can this consumption age. The problem is, like I said, this excess when we give them everything they want, when we feed every appetite and desire they want, what happens when they grow older, right? I mean, when do you shut that off? But the, the biggest thing about that, when we constantly feed this appetite and desires of a child by giving them what they want because they're used to taking, uh, but we give everything they want is they're not happy. If you think about it, they'll never be satisfied. They always want more, right? Yes. They, they, they want the bigger, the better, the faster. It's, they're never satisfied once they get it.
0: Oh, isn't yeah, that, that's isn't true. Isn't that
1: true, wife? Yes. I mean, so this is what we see with today happening quite consistently. And then our culture gets in on top of this and really feeds. It's the iPhone, I, me. It's we're the I generation, the me generation, right? I want. And this is what happens, right? Is the problem. So uh is this kind of this failure to launch concept is really the problem. But um but the good news is there's a solution. And and so there's two points I want to make relative to this, um, the solution, and that is this, this transitioning kids from this consumption uh into what I call production or giving instead of taking into giving. And by the way, so there are two parts, parts of this I really want to kind of talk about. One is uh, starting with kids at age two. And so it's interesting that a child at age two can pick up their toys after they're you know, using them.
0: That's right. And,
1: and so, but a lot of the parents don't expect to. They'll do it. The parent will do it for the child. They'll pick up the toys after the child's done which is a huge mistake, right? Because it's not teaching the child any type of order or discipline or, again, this failure to launch, right? At what age do you start teaching your child to care for themselves at, you know, 10 or 20 or I mean, what age, 15? Right. No, at two. When they start at two, they're capable of picking up their toys. At two, they're capable of start to make their bed, help out making their bed. Um, One of the people that sits on my board there, his grandson was doing the family dishes at five. I mean, our kids are capable of doing it. So think about the concept of this. If I teach my child to pick up their own toys at two years old age, even though I'm feeding, educating, clothing, and entertaining them, at the same time, by getting them to pick up their own toys, I don't have to do it or my wife doesn't have to do it. They're now having this giving mindset. So not only is it a taking mindset, at the age of two, I'm introducing this giving mindset where they become part of the family and they start helping out on their own. Now, yes. think about that later in life, you know, as a, as the kids grow older, right? And now they're making their bed, they're cleaning their room, they're being grateful, they're being generous, uh, they're living respectfully, because these are the things that we're starting to develop in them at these young ages, Right. Uh, so they become part of the team. What's the outcome? Well, the outcome is they're going to be much more happier, great greater joy. You know.
0: Yes, so- I could see that. I just want to interrupt for a second because I'm just thinking, as you said, you know, kids when they're just doing everything for themselves and and they're they're being fed everything and they're in that consumer state of their life, um, that is when they're kind of most unhappy. Because they keep just seeking more and more and more, mine, mine, mine. The temper tantrums, all of this, um, and really, if I think about my own life, you know, from the time I was a kid and helping volunteer around our church or um, doing things for our neighbors, those are some of the happiest times of my life. And I think, you know, as an adult, whenever I'm giving of myself and and serving someone in some way. I have the most deep joy, you know, in my heart. I feel the best when I'm generously kind of giving and it can be in very, very small way. But that just occurred to me while you were talking about that. I just almost had an image of a child, you know, just doing something, being so proud of themselves because they cleaned up after themselves. Really, truly knowing that, That was helpful to the family. That was giving of themselves so that mom and dad didn't have to do that. And it was being part of something bigger than just themselves. That's much more satisfying to all of us.
1: Yeah, you know, there's actually so many dimensions to what we're talking about, too. So think about this child, but your child or a few this way, right? If I have this taking mindset and and my parents are feeding me everything I want, I start developing this selfishness. (laughs) Hypothetically, I'm four, six, eight years of age. Do other kids want to be around
0: me? Hey there, parents. Let's take a quick pause. If you're tired of crawling into bed at night, feeling like you failed your spouse and kids, are tired of running at the speed of light and feeling like you're nagging and yelling all the time, I've got a resource for you. Designed for busy families, just like yours. Our thriving Family Accelerator was created in direct response to seeing many couples struggle with the stress and demands of parenting, while constantly feeling like they're failing. The truth is, you can be wildly in love with your spouse while raising kids, and you can enjoy a relationship with your kids where you're no longer nagging and yelling. Picture this love and connection are abundant in your marriage you're parenting as a united team and you're enjoying a true friendship with your spouse where you can laugh and kick back like old times are you ready to accelerate connection and unity in your marriage and family then join us for the next thriving family accelerator from the comfort of your own home Spots will sell out soon, so click the link in our show notes to sign up. Or go to our website, familiesofcharacter.com, and click the Shop tab. Now, back to the episode. Oh. Cause you're that friend then that just is like sucking the life out of me. You're constantly wanting me to do something for you, but you don't ever, like it's a one way street. That's what right. I think of anyway.
1: Yeah. You're not going to share, you're not going to share your toys. You're not going to share anything. So, you know, uh, nobody wants to be around you. What if you're 12 or 14 or 16 years of age and you're like that, Ugh. or take yeah. that into your twenties it gets worse if you were fed everything and now you're in a young adult. I mean, we've seen those people. They're young people. So really sad because they're lonely. Why? Because, or if they do have friends, what are their friends like? Same. They're same. <laughs> and so you got a group of people who are very selfish and all takers. Is that really true, of deep friendship? Is that where you're going to have your greatest, deepest friendship with people or, or like you who are always taking? Mm, no. no. No, you're not going to be happy at all. Now, what kind of problems will you run into in later in life? I mean, it could be could be some serious issues relative to the law or doing wrong things. And I mean, because you're always consuming what you want and doing what you want, whatever pleases you at the moment. I mean, I'm I'm extrapolating this to an extreme, but we see this happening in life because that's, there are young people like that.
0: Well, that's true.
1: This failure to launch concept is that you've got now 20, 30 year old men or, or women who are acting like kids because it's all about them. I mean, that's, that's why I true. couldn't watch the movie. It just was so frustrating. to Yes. Me.
0: And I think what that, what happens too is instead of almost a failure to launch, because you have a failure to launch situation when your kids just are not ready to leave the home and they're live, living in your basement or whatever, and they they know they're not going to leave home. But then you also have another situation like I had with a client of mine who, hey, because all of her – her peers in high school were graduating and going on to college, she said, okay, I'm going to do that too. She gets to college. She has no idea how to pick up after herself. So her roommate's disgusted with her because she's just kind of a mess. You know, she has no ability to make her own meals. So she's having to eat out all the time or go to the cafeteria. She's, Really, not like you said, she's not able to give in her friendships because she's lacking in her life skills so much that she's suffering to the point she can't even be a friend to anyone if she tried. And she surely can't get up and go to class on time because that wasn't trained in her either. So then she has to take a time out from college her freshman year because she's got to be hospitalized in a psychiatric hospital because she'd rather be dead. She's actually suicidal because she. Is out in the world, but she's unprepared for the world. And so I remember just meeting with her and she said, You know, Jordan, I just, I have so much resentment towards my parents. They never made us, you know, clean up after ourselves. We spent the weekends binging Netflix on our phones. You know, we never had responsibilities. Our parents never helped us learn how to cook meals. They just did everything for us. And now, you know, I can't keep up with my peers. And and I'm drowning. And I honestly just rather die. And so we had to kind of start from scratch there. And I'm sure you're familiar with these situations too, where it's like, yeah, they left, but they weren't prepared. And then they're in a really tough spot, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, and it, it challenges, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty heart wrenching story. You know, I hate to hear things like that because ultimately the kids are so innocent, right? Every child's so innocent. And it's all through this kind of programming through we adults and parents and you know, or lack of it that, that kids suffer, you know, and I hate to hear those stories. Mm-hmm. But I remember with my own son, I was at a talk once a your story brought up a story of, uh, it was, he's a well-known NFL coach or uh, coach, but he was a, also a quarterback. And, uh, he was telling me the story or, or this group of, of dads and their sons. He was a father son talk. And the fact that, uh, he, he, you know, his father was very tough with them and expected a lot of him, kind of the same thing, you know, was expecting a lot of him and also taught him a lot. And But his best friend, Bob, he said, uh, you know, ended up going to jail. Uh, and he he called him when he was uh, right before one of the Super Bowl games. The night of the Super Bowl, his friend reached out and asked him to come bail him out of jail. He said, I'm playing a Super Bowl tomorrow. I can't. I'll have to come next week. I mean, I got he had his own wife and kids in <clears throat> anyways. He sits down with Bob, he bails him out of jail and he says, Bob, what's wrong? You know, you and I grew up in the same neighborhood, going to the same church, you know, same great families. And he said, no. He said, your dad loved you. And Bob's telling this to this NFL quarterback. And he said, uh, what do you mean? Your, your son loved you or your dad loved you, too. He said, no, he didn't. He let me get away with anything. He let me do it. He let me smoke pot at home. He let me drink beer. He let me do anything I want. Because a parent's thinking that's love. This is a huge mistake I see on parents, by the way. This concept of love is giving people, giving kids what they want. Here's an NFL quarterback and his best friend who married and divorced and had two children had to bail out of jail because, and he was because he got back on the drugs and alcohol. And uh, because of his child life, his dad let him do anything. And he was not used to having to say no to himself. Wow. It's, it's such a sad thing, isn't it? We hear these stories because ultimately saying no is the best thing we can do for our kids. Love is doing what for our kids what we should do, not what they want,
0: right? Mm, Yes, I want to repeat that. Love is doing what we should do for our kids, not what they want, because that's
1: well, they want everything.
0: Oh yeah, they do. They want everything, (laughs) and the more you give, the more they take, right?
1: Yeah. Oh gosh, I remember so many stories I could tell you. My own son, I remember at about sixteen years age, right? I I had you know I had to work for everything about my own car at sixteen. I thought, well. And this was a mistake on my part. I said, "Well, I'm not going to let my kids do that. I'm not going to make them buy their own cars. If they get certain GPAs, you know, in high school, I'm going to buy their car for them. I could do that. I could afford it." And I thought, "Okay, And not the nicest." So at 16, I g- gave my son. He was getting good grades at school, so I gave him a, Crown, a Ltd Crown Victoria. It was a four-door car, big. In fact, his friends called it the Land Yacht. He they used to joke about the the front end of the car being around the corner and the back end catching up, kind of like one of those cartoons, you know. And uh, but he said, "Dad." Uh, he, several months after having the car, he came home one night and we were at dinner and he said to me, dad, um, he said, uh, it sucks that I have to drive this car. By the way, I hate that word sucks. Uh, but he said, it sucks. I have to drive this car. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, all my friends have BMWs and Mercedes and he's 16 and uh, I have to drive this Crown Victoria and you can afford it. Oh, so I listened to him and I was very patient. And I said, well, I get that. I said, well, let me, I, I, I feel for you. I'm embarrassed that you have to drive the car. Let me have the keys. And he handed me over the keys. And I said, you know, I said, uh, I didn't have a car growing up. I had to buy my own. My dad taught me the good value of a hard work. And I had to buy my own. I did this for you because you were getting good grades, but I can see you don't appreciate it. So I'll tell you what, you figure out how you're going to get to school because I've already been through school and I don't need to graduate. You do, quite frankly. I don't care if you graduate and end up on the streets. I do. I love you, but I can't tell you what to do. You have to determine the path you're going to live in the future, which direction you're going to go. So he handed me the. I had the keys, and I and he said, "No, Dad, I didn't mean it that way." I said, "No, you did mean it that way." He never got the car back.
0: Ooh,
1: you know. So he learned the hard way. You know, go out and figure out life yourself. This was a gift. This right. was not something you deserved. This was a gift. And I right. gave it to you because you were working hard. But you want to make a comment like that? Go figure out what it takes to buy a car. And you apparently you don't appreciate the gifts you're getting.
0: Wow. That would be quite a lesson as a teenager. You're coming saying, way, way, I think I need a BMW. And then all of a sudden you got nothing at the end of that conversation.
1: He had to take a bus and it took him an hour and a half to get school. He had to get up an hour and a half earlier to get school the next morning. Oh, my. Now, he was smart. He did arrange the carpool from the rest on the year out. But
0: but see, then you left it to him to figure that out, you know. Yeah. And, and when kids are left to figure these things out and they have a little bit of boredom or, or some natural logical consequences behind them. It's amazing what they'll come up with, because he could have rode the bus for the rest of the year, an hour and a half earlier. But then he went, this isn't working for me. I don't like this. So I'm going to have to use my brain and figure this out. And he did. That's right. awesome,
1: But this concept starts at two by, by making our kids pick up their toys and becoming a part of the family by giving this giving mindset is so critical at the same time. We can take a two-year-old to where we're giving and where we're educating and entertaining and motivating and uh, clo- clothing them or feeding them. We're doing everything for them. At that same time, we can also get them into this giving mindset by expecting them to be, you know, Helpful around the house and making their bed, cleaning the room, depending on their age, too, giving them more chores as they get older. And by the time they're 12 to 14, I believe, like my dad with me, is you, you start transitioning some of the responsibilities of the house to your kids. And so they have the responsibility to make sure that the house is clean, not you or your spouse. So they're almost running the household. Teach them the financial situations, begin to teach them finances when they're 15 and 16. So they completely know how to run their own household and how to buy their own cars. Right. We we can't blame kids because they're bad kids today and, mm-hmm. and they don't know how to do this. It's because they haven't been developed. Right? Yes. That's, our, that's our responsibility as parents is to go from what I call transition from this concept of, you know, a consumption to production is get our kids to start producing by thinking of others. When they have this giving mindset and they're thinking, of others, you mentioned it earlier that they're going to be much happier, by the way, they're going to have much better friends. If their friends are also like that in a giving mindset, they're going to orient themselves to doing good and doing good things. They know what the bad decisions look like, and they're going to pay for them. So they're not going to make those kind of decisions versus being selfish. And if you bail them out from everything. So this concept of going from consumption to production is, is so critical for the success, the happiness, and the interdependence of a child. And why do I say interdependence? We don't want independent, selfish children to be adults, inter- inter- independent, selfish adults. We want them to be interdependent, right? We as a family, my wife and I, and five children, and 17 grandchildren are interdependent on each other. If I need help with something, as I get older, I can go to my children, my five adult, I get five adult male children, five uh, women, or are my daughters and daughters-in-law. I mean, they are so willing to help my wife and I as, as we get older to not do the things we can do, because we all are interdependent on each other. Mm. Anyways, that's our goal and role as, as parents is to raise adults who are loving, who are joyful and giving, and are very interdependent with one another.
0: I couldn't have said it any better. You're right. I think the goal really truly is to help our children to become givers, right, to self-sacrifice and to be interdependent. Because when they leave the nest, when they fly from us, they are going to be in relationships with other people, whether it be in business or their own families or um, in the neighborhoods they live in. They need to be trained and, and in the habit already before they leave us of giving of themselves and and just naturally pitching in and helping out. And I think that's something that we have to challenge our parent community to do and to do in a practical way. Um, You know, having a failure to launch child might be embarrassing to you, the parent. And it it often does, you know, when you talk to someone who's had a failure to launch child, it often does carry a great deal of shame along with it. But it's even more depressing and shameful to the child who isn't adequately prepared to live on their own. And so we don't want to send our kids away ill-prepared for the world they still need the same skills that that you needed when you were a, a young man, right? They still need to know how to do their own laundry, to make food, to pick up after themselves, and and to budget when they leave our our home. And life's short, you know, the this, the lifetime of of being able to parent your children and have influence over them is pretty short. And so I think we got to get started today if we. Train our kids in good habits to be able to take care of themselves and live on their own. We know that they will be happy no matter what they choose to do. So above grades, above sports, above material possessions, training these good habits in our kids needs to be top priority. And you said it yourself, you know, the, the best gift you can give your kids is the ability to thrive because they have transitioned successfully from a consumer mindset to a producer, or a giving mindset. So here's my challenge to you parents. Um, What is one thing you could choose to train your kids to take over in the next 30 days? Think about your children and the ages they are now. Is it making their bed every day, doing their own laundry, making meals, budgeting their allowance, putting things in their place every night before they go to bed. Maybe it's teaching your teenage son or daughter how to change the oil in their car. There's always one thing we can pick out to kind of work with our kids on over the next 30 days. So what is that thing going to be for you? And then speaking of helping our kids to thrive, how about joining our parent community on Facebook, the Thrive Community by Families of Character. It's important for you to have support and encouragement also that that support and encouragement that you need to be able to raise happy, healthy, successful kids. So join us there. There's going to be a, a link in the show notes to to join our group. And also be sure that you're signed up to receive our weekly email newsletter. We send out free resources for parents every Tuesday. You don't want to miss out on that. So thank you steve for your testimony your own personal experience um we love having you on the show and and we'll have you back again because there's so much more to talk about related to you know training up these kids in good habits and and sending kids out into the world adequately prepared so thanks for being with us
1: thank you jordan
0: yes and and folks thanks for sharing our show with those in your circle Keep um, sharing this with people that you know, and if you're willing to give us a rating and review, we'd be happy with your permission to share your review on our show next time. So thank you so much, and we'll catch you next episode.